Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we review horror movies in 30 minutes or less. Finishing up the trio today, we're going to be reviewing Fear Street Part 3, 1666. You see what they did there? So the past three weeks, we were doing Part 1, Part 2, and now Part 3. We're just going to finish it off and give our whole review of this movie in particular, and maybe even as a whole. The movie is directed by Leah Janik, again, written by Phil Grazadi. I think that's how I pronounce it. This is the third time. You should get it right. You know what? Grazadi. Grazadi. I'm going Grazadi. It sounds a little snazzy to it. You know, Grazadi. Leah Janik and Kate Trey Fry. It's starring Kiana Madria, Ashley Zuckerman, and Jillian Jacobs. Plot is the origins of... Their fierce curse are finally revealed as history comes full circle on a night that changes the lives of Shady Siders forever. 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of Fear Street Part 3, 1666? So uh, my expectations for this were very low already because you told me it was like the worst review one in the series, but it might have been my favorite in the series. Okay. I uh, Yeah, and I typically don't like that like old-fashioned Puritan style I don't know. It's just not for me typically, but like when you mix it with horror, um, apparently uh, that's a formula there. That's what you got to do to make me like it. I did yeah, enjoy I was... this. I thought it was great. Um, I like I, I you and I briefly talked about this before. Um, I kind of felt like the movie was very long. Uh, runtime was what, like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that. But it felt yeah, like it was like eight fucking hours long. Yeah, because it's two movies split up, if you really think about it, because you have the first half of the movie, which is all dedicated to the Puritan era, which, same thing for me, just doesn't do it. I hear the accents and and the dirtiness, they're so dirty, and I'm just like, I don't know, just not for me. But uh, I'm assuming you like The Witch as well, because it's that's Puritan era as well. Oh yeah, I love The yeah. Witch. That's another movie that has an incredible soundtrack. Yeah, I have that one too. Okay, so yeah, like, uh, the Puritan era doesn't do it for me, but yes, it's basically like two movies, if you think about it. First half, Sarah Fear. Second half, we're just tying everything up in a nice bow, and that's what I was kind of mentioning last time, is that if anything to take out of this third movie is it wraps everything up so nicely, and I didn't see any plot holes in this movie. Once the credits were rolling out, I was like, holy shit, there were no, like, there were multiple stories within the trilogy you know, being told throughout three movies, but all of them got tied up by the end of this one. And that's what I love. I don't like seeing a movie, especially like if you're going to have a trilogy like this, there be questions at the end, something that's just unresolved because now everyone's speculating for end of time. Like, well, what the fuck? This whole movie had this one plot hole and now it's like never going to be answered. You know, it drives a lot of people crazy. It's kind of like 
the end of Breaking Bad. The end of Breaking Bad had, in my opinion, no plot holes. Everything got wrapped up. Everything was finished, concluded. And I feel like that's kind of what happened in this case. Just, I thought they did great just making sure there was no questions at the end. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So there's only like, I'd say like once we start hearing the characters talk in this movie, like I started getting pissed off immediately because they're reusing actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. we're, we're in a different time period right now. But the fact that all these actors and actresses were in the previous two movies and now they're in a third one and they all have accents. Dude, it took me a little bit to get used to that. I was just getting kind of irritated at first. Yeah, I could see that because I got a little irritated as well. I'm just like, I'm watching it and I'm used to seeing them in 1978 and I'm in 1994 so i've grown accustomed to that and now you're seeing them all in 1666 i will say this there's one good thing about all the actors being in 1666 i get to see emily rudd again very briefly though in this one i know but she's there and i'm like oh yeah okay and she doesn't look dirty like some of the others it doesn't take long for you though right no it doesn't it really doesn't <laughs> Yeah, you get to see Emily very briefly. I I, I thought you were uh, you were gonna be real happy with that. Oh yeah, I was gushing. <laughs> yeah, you were. Oh come on, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we see that girl from the what was it? The first movie. Uh, I can't remember her character's name. But the one that makes the kids count the drugs. Kate. Kate. Was it Kate? No, it was Lizzie. Lizzie. Hold on. Oh wait, wait, no, no, maybe it was Kate. See, this is what I'm talking about. Reusing actors and actresses. Her name was Lizzie in this movie. Oh, see, okay. That's where the confusion's happening. So anyways, the point of my my story there is she's on the drugs again in this one because they're trying to break into this like lady's house to steal these berries so they can trip balls. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's um, I thought that was cool because some things just never change. No. Nope. And it was the same. The same girl was like, oh, yeah, we got to get these berries. She probably has a lineage of people just getting ripped up, you know, just getting a uh, litty titty. So speaking of lineage, like that was one of the first things we find out in the beginning of this movie was first characters we meet is a Solomon good guy. Again, yeah, and we a part think, of the good lineage. Yeah. And we think good, good guy. like he was a good guy in 1978. But then, yes, we have the good family. Now we see good for Solomon good for like the first time. And he seems like a nice guy for the most part. And he's the one that's very helpful when it comes to Thower Fear and kind of like a confidant to her. Because everyone else, she doesn't really have any other friends. She has like um, the one girl that is going to be like her girlfriend, I guess, or forbidden love. And I mean, that's really about it. She just tends to her day-to-day -day chores of giving birth to pigs and cooking, cleaning, whatever. That's like her day-to-day -day life is just farm stuff and stuff around the house otherwise. So, yeah, uh, they enter Widow Mary's house. They take the berries because uh, they want to get fucked up, you know, and go to their little party in the middle of the woods. And Sarah Fierce sees a book, and the book, it has all this um, witchcraft-type stuff, right? And it's all these passages, things like that. She read, a, like, a little thing from it, and you start to hear, I think, you start to hear some shit happening. Eventually, they all get out of there. Uh, like, uh, Widow Mary bursts in, says to not do shit with the book. They peace out. They go have their fun. So what? At this point, uh, they're now in the woods. They're having their party. They're all dancing. They're tripping balls. They're just having a good time. And then Sarah Fierce's friend, Hannah, she starts uh, avoiding the advances of 
this one other kid from town and she's not having it, wants nothing to do with it. She ends up slapping him and Sarah Fear interferes, starts mocking him, making fun of his hard-on that he's got going on, calling it small or whatever. And then Hannah and Sarah, they run off and do their own thing. And then they start, you know, getting a little, uh, having a little fun. We'll Did you say, know? Just hey, say having a little fun. Did you notice who the guy she was uh, berating was? I did not. Who was Dude, that? That was that was Tommy. Oh, was that Tommy? Yeah, she was calling him Thomas. That was the same the the guy with the bag on his head. Oh, jeez. Yeah. See, uh, Thomas was gross looking too. He was really. Oh, I remember the first time we saw him. He was coming out of the. It's not even a porta potty. It's uh, an outhouse. Coming out of the outhouse, looking fucking haggard. Dude, like he, he just dropped been... a bomb in there. Yeah, it looked like he dropped the bomb so bad that his skin started melting. He fell in. Yeah, he basically fell in. He looked like that. And that's what I mean by this whole uh, Puritan era is that a lot of them are just fucking gnarly looking. So, yeah, she was, uh, Sarah Sphere was making fun of him. And they both ran off. They started having their little, uh, I don't know, sexual escapades type deal. And Tommy saw from uh, afar that, you know, Sarah Fear is going downtown. You know, uh so he he, see, he sees this and he decides to like just run back to town and tell her dad. Was it her dad? No, it was the pastor. Yeah, you'd think with a hard on, you'd just be sitting there beating off. Nah, he just, he did. He just, he, he beat off while he was running back to town. Could you imagine that multitasking? My God. Dude, it's like that George Carlin joke that he said that you couldn't take a shit while running. I don't think you could. I mean, you could try. Well, the guys, uh, CKY, when they used to do the stunt videos, they definitely proved that wrong. They took a bunch of laxatives and uh, started running. Prove that you can shit and run. Oh, oh my God. point is, is, is Tommy was trying to prove that he could whack off and run. Pretty much. Yeah. So he gets back to town. Sarah, Fear and Hannah, they uh, they managed to sneak back into their respective homes. And they think everything is all fine in the world. Sarah Fear oversleeps, doesn't tend to wear chores. All of a sudden, uh, she sees the pig, the mother pig that she helped give birth to a bunch of piglets earlier in the film. The mother pig ate all the piglets, her children. This reminded me of that grasshopper stuff you taught me the other day. Oh, yeah. The uh, praying mantis. Praying mantis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, it's got a, it's pretty similar, um, except the mother just straight up ate the children whole. Probably just, Ham- uh, that is what hamsters do. I didn't realize that. Wow. Hamster moms are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They eat their young. Can you imagine just being like, you know what? You're the weak one. I'm going to eat you alive. That, that'd be a weird parenting method. Whatever. I don't think I'll practice that. I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, so that starts happening. Uh, Sarah fears in the house she's cleaning up. She sees fruit on the table, and it's gone rotten. And this fruit is hasn't been there that long. So she goes outside. She sees people eating fruit. She sees it's rotten. The well is apparently poisoned. Uh, Tommy's going around telling everyone that Sarah and Hannah that were having a little fun last night. So now they're basically heretics. So, you know, that sucks. But then after, what is it? Right after they see the dead dog in the well, which was Sarah's dog, unfortunately, that was a that sucked. Sucks seeing that because no one wants to see a hung dog in a well. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah, that sucked. So um, I don't like seeing dead dogs. It's not for me. Nope. So after all that happens, right, there's the pastor. 
you saw the pastor earlier in the film. He seemed like a nice guy. He was, you know, having fun with the kids, whatever. And then all of a sudden you hear like a commotion. The pastor has locked himself in the church with pretty much every kid in town, if not all of them. Actually, all the kids in town. Am I wrong? No, yeah, he ha- he definitely had all the kids in town. They were all like in some sort of trance. Yeah, exactly. All of them were in some sort of trance. They were in the church and he locked the doors behind them. So the parents are freaking out. They're trying to get in and Solomon manages to get into the building and he sees, this is so gnarly, a pile of eyes, right? And you look at that and you're like, there's no way that's good. That's not a good thing. And you see the pastor just at the podium. He's just looking down. He has no eyes in his head. And Solomon then starts going around and he sees all the kids' eyes were ripped out by like a hook or something. Yeah, he had the hook. So did you keep track on how many dead kids are in this scene? I did not. Wow. Okay, how many? Twelve. Wow. Damn. Yep. We're we're at a new we're at a new high on this one. That is a record, isn't it? She actually makes reference to it at one point in this movie too. She, she says that uh that the pastor killed all twelve children. Crazy, crazy twelve. Crazy. Carve their eyes out. Yep. And you gotta wonder how like he was able to do that to so many kids, and they're all just like straight vibing, like oh okay, I guess this is what's part of the sermon today is getting our eyeballs ripped out. He promised them free candy if uh. If they let him. They didn't have vans back in the day, man. And he didn't have what? Vans. They had horse and carriages. Horse and carriages and be like, want some free candy? Come on, come on over to this church and I'll rip out your eyes. You can have a nutty buddy. Tootsie rolls for everyone. Ooh, Tootsie rolls. Lovely. They could make ice cream, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they made ice cream. Tootsie roll ice cream? That sounds amazing. I guess. I mean, it could work. They make those things now, like those cone things where they're just like, they inject chocolate all the way through. It's fucking great. Speaking of ice cream, you know how when you have like one of those, um, uh, what are they, drumsticks? Like the ice cream cone things and the bottom part of the cone is like all that fudge? Yeah, yeah. At the store, they now sell just that bottom piece, the cone with the fudge in it, by the bag. Oh, that's wild. It's like a bag of chips, but it's just the bottom of the cone with a fudge in it. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. I'm going to be much fatter soon. Yeah, I can see that. I just plowed through a fucking Kit Kat bar today. I got a bit of a sweet issue lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just keep eating fucking chocolate like crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm pregnant. I I guess, dude. You move away and you get pregnant. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, new life, new baby, whatever. So now... There's eyes all over the floor. The pastors see Sarah Fear tending to her brother, whose eyes were also ripped out of his head. She's tending to him. Pastors tries to come from behind and, like, get her eyes as well, I'm assuming. And Solomon takes the pastor out, stabs him with uh, a pitchfork, that type deal. So basically, the next scene is everyone trying to blame someone for this because the pastor was corrupted by evil and this town is evil and someone brought it here and all this stuff and your typical witch hunt type stuff so now thomas he's like i saw them i have proof they were in the woods doing their thing sarah fear was going downtown he used those exact words yep going downtown her head buried under her dress i don't know yeah he's not saying that shit he's just saying like you know this all all this happened and so now hannah and sarah are on the run because there's like a lynch mob after them all because 
They just wanted to uh, have a little fun. Apparently, that's a heretic thing back then. You can't, uh, you know, no same-sex stuff. No. Nope. A little fucked up. A little fucked up. It's kind of interesting, too, how, like, they're portraying different characters, but they're still lovers in a different fucking century. Maybe it's something like fate. Maybe that's kind of what they're destined to do throughout time. We'll never know. Yeah, oh, maybe we'll we will, know. actually, since there was a cliffhanger, sort of. But there was a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end. I know we said that everything was kind of wrapped up nicely, but there was that one little thing like, hmm, could there be a, like another, which I th- I would be fine with, like another series of it? Hey, as long as they can do it as good, if not better, I would be more than happy to watch that. I don't know how they would, though, honestly, because the way they this one ended, it was like, like we said, they tie everything up. But then they do the cliff, like that weird, like post credits thing, like, like a Marvel movie. Yeah. 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 Where a kid takes the book or someone takes a book uh, that's just, see, I'm thinking that if I was a police officer and I was investigating crime and there's all this evidence, I would think that I would take that evidence with me and not just let it hang out and vibe behind. You're not going to leave a book like that. Just like, you know what? I don't think that's really necessary. We'll grab these little twigs, though, that he stepped on. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> Doesn't work like that. No, not at all. No. So that's so like dude, the only little cliffhanger. But go ahead. So we find out at this point, like right after the the whole dead kids thing, that Solomon was the one who read the book and pissed off the witch. Yeah. So that was the big twist that he's a good guy. Up until now, we find out he's the one basically behind all of this. Yeah, and it was just like, it was just a coincidence that Sarah read that stuff and then shit was going down the next day. It was turned out that Solomon created this whole cave and uh, selling his soul to the devil for power and in exchange gives a name for someone in uh, Shadyside to commit a heinous act like a heinous bunch of murders, things like that. And the first instance of that was the pastor killing all those kids. So the big plot twist is the good family is behind this whole entire thing. And when I saw that for the first time, Corey, I was like, no shit. That's wild. Yeah, it was a really good uh, reveal. Uh, If having me seen this the first time, that was a really cool reveal because I I obviously had never seen it and... I've watched now three movies of this story and you finally find out where it begins. And it was with this guy's family the whole time. The whole time. I thought that was so cool. First time I saw it, I was like, oh, no shit. For some reason, it didn't even dawn on me. Did it even dawn on you that it was going to be the good family? No, I literally thought Sarah Fear was a witch the whole time. And we were finding out, you know, um, the whole backstory in this new movie or, or part three. Cause that was supposed to be, we we're going to find out where everything began, but I didn't yeah. expect it to be in the good family. The whole, I mean, good. We know him as the sheriff of the city that they live yeah. in. Yeah. So, and that, those are the kind of twists that I love. Ones that catch you so off guard that, that you cannot see them coming. And when it happens, you're like, Oh fuck, that's great. That is great. So I I loved it. I thought that twist was great. I didn't see it coming. I'm usually pretty good when it comes to that. I did not see that coming. I mean, hell, I even watched Seven like way back in the day. And when they delivered the box, right, I was like, it, it's got to be someone's head or something. And yes, it was Brad Pitt's uh, girlfriend's head in the movie. Yeah, spoiler. 
after what 20 something years it's not a spoiler if it's after 20 something years in my opinion no it's fair game you had your chance i mean if it was like a week or two then yeah okay that's spoiler alert but if it's like 20 something years you had your chance and that's why we don't really mind talking spoilers on this because they're not spoilers a lot of these movies we're reviewing have been out for a while now so that's on you yeah you should have seen it sooner this you should have seen sooner because this movie like this whole series is great so now, now we actually start seeing how everything truly happened, which I thought was great as well. Solomon is on pursuit of Sarah. Sarah realizes that Solomon caused this whole thing, and she's basically being ostracized by the town over something that he did. So she's on the run. Hannah's already caught at this point. She's chained up. They locked her away. So Sarah said to Hannah earlier, though, that, I'm going to go to Widow Mary's and I'm going to sell my soul to the devil and we're going to get out of here and have a good life. That was actually right before the Solomon thing. So when she got to Widow Mary, she saw the book was gone. Turns out Solomon killed Widow Mary, took the book, started uh, selling his soul to the devil in exchange for power and offering someone from Shadyside. So Sarah's on the lamb. She's running. She's trying to get the hell out of there. Solomon and her, they run to that area. Do you remember that area in uh, part two, right? It's underneath the bathrooms at Nighthawk. Yeah, it's the it's like the cave. Right, exactly, the cave. So they're running through the cave and all this, and she's trying to climb up. He pulls her down, he stabs her, and he stabs her like right between where the hand meets the wrist, and like right in there, right in that kind of like soft area, and rips her hand off. And... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, I guess that's how she lost her hand. Yes, and I'm like, no shit, that's how it happened. Okay. Dude, he, before that, though, he fucking hits her in the face with a boulder, and she just shakes it off and keeps running. Oh, yeah, that's right. No big deal. I'm, I'm cool. Like, no right worries. in the side of the face with a, with a decent-sized rock. Jeez, yeah. And then cuts even... her hand off. Yeah, and then she gets her hand cut off. She's like, whatever, bro. I'm okay. Let me get the fuck out of here. So she climbs her way up. Uh, she kicks through the like this wooden floor. Turns out she ends up at the church. Like she was right underneath it. Dude. So all this shit is like right underneath that church too. That whole scene reminded me of um, when she was underneath the floorboards. What what was that movie with Ryan Reynolds where he was buried alive? Buried. Was it buried? Okay, at Kill Bill. Yeah. But Kill all Bill of a sudden, she well. she turns into Danny Larusso and starts like super kicking these boards. Yeah. Oh yeah. She just starts like double kicking it trying to freaking get the hell out of there she, at this point all she really has going for her is one hand and her feet so she's got to find a way to uh get the hell out of there and she does she gets out but she ends up in the church and as soon as she gets out of the church solomon grabs her and says i got the witch so at this point um they're about to get hung at dawn apparently that's when you do your hangings i don't know maybe they just need to sit there all day and roast that's my guess so yeah, gonna, yeah, just gonna flavor the meat a little bit, roast exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. So at dawn, they're about to get hanged. They need to confess their sins before they're hung. Sarah decides to take the rap for the whole entire thing, says that Hannah is innocent. It was me. Like, I did everything. I cursed the town. I did this. I did that. Like, she confessed to everything, even though she wasn't responsible for any of it. Yeah, and then she got hung for no reason. Yep, she got hung for no reason and said to Solomon that one day someone will find out about your secret and what you've done. And then they hang her. And that's how it ends. 
And now we're like, boom, 1994. You see like the date come up on screen. Yeah. You're immediately just thrown right there. The second movie within this movie starts. Yes. The second part. Yeah. It's like a two part. There is no break in between. No, like, okay, now we're coming back. It's like, boom. Second part of this movie kicks into full gear. So Josh and Dina, uh, Dina was actually just getting out of the whole, uh, like trance, I guess. Right. She was in like this trance scene, that whole thing. That whole trance is the whole first movie. So Josh is hanging out, keeping an eye. Sheriff Good shows up and he, He's like, oh, we're just like, no, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Dina's like, we got to go. And they both, they take off like crazy. Sheriff Good is running after him with his gun. Ari, now we're like, okay, Sheriff Good may not be that good. Like the whole family may not be that good. But was yeah, she we, saying good is evil? Yep. She was saying good is evil. And everyone thought good was good. You know, he's a, he's a sheriff. His brother's a city councilman or senator or whatever. And they just... They had all these good roles throughout the years. So yeah, Dina's saying that good is evil. They go visit Siggy, explain the whole thing that the good family is behind this whole entire thing. They're the ones responsible for this and we have to kill Sheriff Good to put this all to an end. So they come up with this crazy plan to go back to the Shadyside Mall where Pierre's hanging tree is hanging out and they're going to come up with this plan of they're going to try to get all the killers that were occurring through the years. They're talking Tommy as the baghead, Ruby Lane, Brian, the milkman, the kid with the weird mask in the baseball bat, all this shit, right? So they take Dina's blood and apparently Dina's now marked because she saw the witch and she saw the whole thing. Now like they're after her. So they take her blood this time and they spray blood all over the place. Similar to in part one where they took, um, I want to, I want to say Hannah, but it's not Hannah. Sam. Sam. Thank you. They take Sam's blood and they mop the floors and get the killers to that one area. They do the same this time at the mall, but they lock the killers behind those gates. You see at the mall when like, you know, the stores are closing. They're like those horizontal type gate looking things. It's so people don't break in. If they freaking drop kick it, they just get like flung back or something. So yeah, go ahead. I I ask you a question though. So when we see Josh for the first time in the mall, he recites the Konami code. Did you, did you pick up on that? Like I did right away. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say being a gamer like you are, I know you, I know you picked up on that, but he said it and I was like, oh fuck. I knew Josh was the best character in this story. He really is. He's so awesome. As soon as he said up, up, down, down. I'm like, left, right, left, right, BA, start. <laughs> yep. I thought he was either going to do that or the Mortal Kombat 2 code. Yeah, the ABACIBB. Oh, that no, that's one. Mortal Kombat 1. That's uh, Mortal Kombat well, 2. I don't remember what the uh, the code is for that. Yeah, I don't either. It's no. It's been a while, but the Konami code is, is legendary. Oh, yeah. It's in everything. I was uh, just mentioning it the other day, is that it's literally in every Konami game. I know it's in Gradius, except for Gradius is funny because when you put in the Konami code, you die immediately. Perfect. So, so in order to do it, you had to do select instead. And that's when you get all those lives. It's funny. It's funny. It's a, I don't know how I figured that out. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that worked. Anyway, so Josh rules. We've, uh, we've established that at this point. So, so my next question is, how much blood does Dina have? I feel like she's getting sliced constantly in these movies. She really is. A whole lot of hands being cut and blood being dripped into 
buckets and all this. She really does have a lot of blood going on. I, I don't know. Maybe she's just like pints and pints and pints. And I don't know, maybe she's eating crackers all the time. Crackers, huh? Crackers. Yeah, it's like what they give you after you give after a ton you of give blood. blood. Yeah. Here's some saltines for you. Cool, thanks. Now my blood. mouth is dry. It's like, not only am I frigging void of a, a pint of blood, now I'm thirsty. Thanks. Thanks for giving me sand in my mouth. Man, I haven't had a saltine in, in so long. The only time I have the saltines is like in soup or I do the soup. oyster crackers. Oyster crackers are the way to go. In my you know mouth. what's good? Saltines with like peanut butter. I could see that. Yeah. Huh? Then you get ultra dry mouth. Oh, perfect. And it's stuck to the roof of your mouth. So it's like, not only is it ultra dry, it's pissing you off. Nothing like peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. You can take your meds that way too. I love watching that when like we go to give our dogs medication or whatever and they get the peanut butter stuck to the roof of the mouth. Oh yeah. And they're just like forever licking. <laughs> it's, just, it's just entertainment. It's free it, entertainment. It is. You're like, that's for taking a shit on the floor. Yep. I don't know. I don't think your dogs really do that, but. No, they that, don't. That's like a nice way of getting back at a dog. Oh, you're going to shit on my floor? Well, here's a bunch of peanut butter and have fun licking that for the next hour. <laughs> Punishment. The dog's like, this is pretty good. Meanwhile, it's Jaws party like, fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap with a mouthful of peanut butter because I can't yeah. get it off and my tongue is tired. Yeah. And knowing a dog, right? The dog would be laying on its side and just every once in a while licking the roof of its mouth, trying to get that peanut butter off. Or, or like the peanut butter gets stuck like in the back of your mouth on the sides of your gums. Oh, God. You're just licking your teeth like crazy. Oh. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just like get a floss or just even if you get desperate, just jam your finger back there to try and scrape your tooth to get it off. Yeah, then you got this gag reflex issue, and all of a sudden you. And just then you end up puking, and then yeah, chain yeah. reaction. It's just a constant chain reaction of puking. The peanut butter is stuck behind your teeth. Now it's you smell like puke, and it's it's a thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> You're puking up the saltines you just ate. Oh, used food. God. Used food. That's right. Used food. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we talk about puking a lot on this show. Oh my god, we went on a little tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> puking and dead kids we haven't talked yeah. about porridge in a while no we haven't talked about porridge but after like you eat like that it looks like porridge Ugh. it looks like it looks like that bowl of stuff that um uh sarah had found in that like the rotting whatever it was in the beginning of this movie with next to the oh. fruit oh yeah yeah exactly it looks like, like oatmeal maybe yeah it looked like just gross oatmeal ah i don't know not for me no. i think i'm all set eating that no it's, it's, no. it's she was too yeah uh, clearly because if I saw that, I'd be like, I, th I think I'm good. I'm not going to eat that. Yep. So at this point, the killers have all been locked away in their cages, I guess, if you want to call them that. And they carry uh, Nick Good, Sheriff Good. They get blood all over him. So the killers are like now kind of on his trail. And he's trying to fight them, trying to get them to away. Because the whole plan was to carry Nick Good. And when I say carry, I mean like the scene where the blood from a bucket up top and they just pour it all over them, right? The idea was to lock the killers in the cage, pour the blood on Nick. Then they let the killers out and they all go for Sheriff Good. So he manages to fight a few of them off, gets away. He runs after Dina because I guess he has to kill Dina for some reason. Like, I think it's like he needs to make sure it happens. I don't, I honestly can't really remember as to why he was specifically after her. I mean, she was marked by the witch, right? So they had to kill her. Oh, yeah, for sure. She had to go. Yeah, she had to go. Yep, she had to get got. So this is when they start going into their little, uh, like, chase in 
downstairs from the mall, they have that whole freaking cave area still. Apparently, <laughs> that's under everything. I laughed again. I'm like, she, who was it? It was, it was, um, uh, Dina that she had like this vision where she saw where the floorboard lifted up and the cave yeah. was right under it. Yeah. How convenient. Right under the mall. Yeah. These surveyors not doing their job at all. They are just like, well, let's just drop this mall right on top of everything and hope it works. Meanwhile, they got like these gaping holes in the ground that have no support. Hey, whatever. Made for a good story. Did you notice like the stores in that mall though? Like it reminds me of when I was much younger, like Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Um, that sounds there, like there a was friggin, a... that sounds like an old store. B Dalton's. Do you remember B Dalton? B Dalton's. I saw one of those. It was a bookstore. I don't remember that for some reason. And I'm yeah. older than you. Yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, I it don't... was a it was a bookstore chain. Before we Barnes had one, and Noble was Barnes and Noble? Probably. They stopped operations in 2013. Uh, oh, yeah. Parent organization, Barnes and Nobles. Oh, well, there you go. Well, they probably stopped and then Barnes and Noble just took them over. That type deal. I mean, awesome. it's a parent Take company. Over. So, yeah, they just turned everything into a Barnes and Noble. Hey, everything got turned into a Barnes and Nobles or a Starbucks or a Barnes and Noble with a Starbucks inside. Exactly. Yeah. Everything just turned into that combo, which not a bad combo. I love going to bookstores sometimes. Yeah, me too. You know, I don't read enough books, but there's something different about going into a bookstore and you're just like, it's really different in here. You know, it, it hits me different because everything is, it's physical. It's not like you're buying some sort of digital download bullshit, like on Nintendo switch in store. It's all fucking books. So to just go in somewhere and be like, I have to legitimately buy something tangible for entertainment. It's just, it's a different feeling. It doesn't hit as good as watching something on fucking streaming services or whatever. It just hits a little different. And I like that about bookstores. I I have the same mentality about comic books. Like I still like reading physical comic books if I can, but it's like a convenience thing for me at this point. Like I'd rather just pull out my tablet and read it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's all convenience. I mean, the whole idea of streaming is convenience. Spotify, for instance, Spotify is great for listening to basically any band you want. They're all on there for the most part. It's great. It's convenient. However, if you listen to the actual band on CD or if it's ripped to wave or like even a high quality MP3, there's a big difference in sound. The fuck is a CD, Steve? I don't know. It's a, I heard something called a compact disc. What times we live in. Oh, you want to like have your mind blown? And I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Blu-ray discs are transparent. Uh, no, I never noticed. Next time you pull up a Blu-ray disc, if you have one somewhere, hold it up to the light. You'll see right through it. It's, it's wild. I just never, it never dawned on me until I was going through and I was looking through some Blu-rays and I was like, wait a second, what the hell is going on here? Because I put it like in close proximity to the TV and I saw right through it. I thought that was so fucking weird. Apparently that's the thing. Blu-ray discs are transparent, whereas DVDs are not. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I tend to actually collect uh, steelbooks when I can. I like the steelbooks. I think those are uh, those are great. Because like the artwork's awesome. They got some weight to it. They usually have all sorts of different things to it. They have... Um, extra footage or they have a 4k version with a regular blu-ray version and things like that so it's not like you're just getting one dvd you're getting like a whole package out of it i think it's cool not for you yeah, no, you like not your, anymore you like your streaming if you could watch movies in 30 seconds you would yep 
So where are we now? Oh yeah, they're below the mall. They're like in pursuit, pretty much similar to 1666 where Solomon Good was chasing Sarah Fear. And this time, Nick Good is chasing Dina. So very similar. They both make their way to that area where it has that beating heart looking thing. And Sheriff Good stabs Dina, right? And you think, "Uh uh-oh, she's fucked. And she decides to touch the heart of this... I don't know, this weird black heart thing that's just beating in the floor that, you know, all the construction people just happen to look right past. (laughs) It was like that thing in in, in the tall grass again. Exactly. Just like it. Like everyone just like, it's fine. We won't touch it. We'll just build around it. So she touches it and she touches Sheriff Good. uh, Similar to, do you remember at the end of The Crow where... Brandon Lee's character, Eric Draven, he touches that mob boss, like his head. And yeah, sh- and he has shows all the all- visions. Yeah, and he has all the visions and shows like all the shit that happened to his fiance. Similar deal happened here. Sheriff Good started seeing all these visions and he's seeing like dead people with their eyes like just ripped out and all sorts of things. And all of a sudden you see Dina come in with a knife and stab him straight in the eye. All the killers disappear immediately. Clearly Sheriff Good is dead, dead at this point. What is it with eyes in this trilogy? You know, that's a good point. There's a lot of eye stuff happening in this movie. There's so much of it. So Mm -hmm. much eye stuff. Yeah. He's dead, dead. Sam's down there with her. And uh, Sam's like, I thought you were dead. And this is kind of, this is a cool little callback, right? So, Dina starts undoing her shirt. I'm like, now's not the time. And turns out underneath her shirt, she lined the inside of her shirt with a bunch of R.L. Stein books. I did not notice that. Did not notice that. I nope. thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So that yeah, is you cool. see, yeah, you see her take those off, and all is good in the world. They actually somehow end up going through this random door that's in the caves. And when they go through this door, they end up in this mansion looking thing i don't know this is like some resident evil type shit with resident evil you have like the house and then below is all the the lunacy kind of same deal happening here they get through this door turns out the house that they enter is the good family's house obviously they needed this house in this particular spot so that way they can maintain like that beating heart and have access to the altar, the wit symbol, like that whole thing, and like the scratch marks, they wanted to have access to it. So they wanted to be close to it. And I thought that was really cool. I didn't think it was cool that they were like dredging all sorts of mud all over the house. I but... <laughs> I love, I, I did like this scene though, because it, it starts with like the camera panning out and you see a family tree uh, above the fireplace of the good family. And it all started with uh, Solomon at, yeah. the very, at the very front of it. And you can see all the years and the centuries of all these different like this shit had been going on since obviously since 1994 yeah it's been happening for over 300 years so it's a lot of lineage that's a lot of family 300 but, years that's a lot yeah and like i love that 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 part and kind of tied it up and then they randomly just leave their house and they get hit by a fucking bus yeah or no they or, don't get hit by a bus someone some random person backing out of their driveway gets hit by a bus and what that says is Sunnyvale is no longer the nice place to live. Now some shit's happening there. Now like bad things are going on because the power that the good family had over the whole town and like them being able to basically call the shots and make the place however they wanted to, that all went away as soon as he died. As soon as that lineage was cut off, that was all gone. 
So now that's why someone, one of the Sunnyvale is just got annihilated by a bus randomly. And that's when you start seeing like actual bad things happening. And one of the other good members, he, uh, he was a Senator, right? He's a Senator. And he was caught up in this whole ordeal where Sheriff Good is being seen as a serial killer. He caused like this whole entire thing. Like he was the orchestrator behind the whole thing. So they made him out to be a serial killer. His uh, senator brother didn't want to comment, all that stuff. And that's basically it. Oh, you know what we didn't mention? Um, Josh meets the girl that he's been talking to online. Oh, yeah. She uh, goes and signs his cast. And she says, talk to me online sometime or something like that. And she wrote, was it Queen of Silence? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was cool. Josh got his at the end. Oh, yeah, he did. So this is what I mean about tying everything up in a nice bow and no plot holes. Because I've, for a little bit, forgot about her. Because she was like a small little blip in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you don't really hear from her aside from like the first five or so minutes in the first movie when Josh is on the computer. Yeah, exactly. And then you see it like at the end of part one where he's talking to her. And that's it. You don't see really any other reference besides that. And then just to see them go, oh, yeah, by the way, here's her. They bring that in. That's what I love about this movie is that everything was just so um, wrapped up nicely. That's the way I like to like a bow. Yeah. Wrapped up nice like a bow. All right. Uh, That's pretty much the extent of this movie. Corey, what do you give it? So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I said last week that I felt like I was going to shit all over this movie, but. I'm going to give this five out of five dead kids. No shit. Okay. Um, We've talked about several times throughout this episode, the backstory getting tied up and there being zero plot holes and everything, just all the individual stories being wrapped up was just done so well. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did it across three movies and that's fucking hard to do because like you have long series like Friday the 13th, for example, where there's plot holes everywhere. You know, there's just meant for kills. That's all. Yeah. Like this, this, there is partial story, but like you don't get a trilogy or several movies in a series that get wrapped up so nicely as they did here. Um, I love this movie. I I love the trilogy. Second one was my least favorite. For me, I give this one uh, a four out of five. I think overall it was great, but the Puritan period just has never done it for me. So I was like, it was hard for me to get through some of that until shit was starting to hit the fan, you know, where it came to like the kids dying via the pastor. That's the only reason why I'm giving it a four out of five is the Puritan era part. But I understand that they had to do it. They had to go through the motions and explain everything that happened. Otherwise, there would be plot holes all over the place. And it wouldn't have driven the story the way that it did. Yeah, that's just it. Like, they wanted to tell a story across this 300-year span. Yeah, and they did. And I don't know, like, can you think of any other movies that was split up into three movies where they just fit so nicely together? And I'm not, let's let's not worry about these movies like your, uh, let's say, no Harry Potter, no Lord of the Rings, no Twilight. None of those. Can you think of any other movies that are just so cohesive all the way through where you have to watch one, two, and three to get the full story? The original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Yep. The original Star Wars. We can go with that. Um, yeah. It's really an art to carry someone's attention through multiple movies. Like you have to watch them kind of in succession to get that full story. Because yes, there's a lot of trilogies out there where you'll have your three movies like uh scream one, two, and three, right? They're all great and they all connect, but story wise, 
it's nothing like this. This is just like a pure story, a three-part story. That's what. That's how I got it. Like that's how I felt about it. Oh yeah, yeah. And everything gets explained, like every little detail. Every little detail, and I thought that was great. So four out of five for me. Five out of five dead kids for you. Um, basically, it seems like you and I are even when it comes to scoring for this whole series. So I did the math. The math behind it is a four point six. So four point six out of five. Sorry, I know you don't like decibels, but that's that's the average. Okay. All right. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. You're not going to hate this. Well, you know what? There will be some people who will be like, well, this sucks. And I think those are the people that just like don't like life. It's just like those people that have seen this and shit all over the third movie. Yeah. I don't think there's a reason to shit all over the third movie. I think maybe it's not your cup of tea, but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary to be in there. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, everyone. Uh, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, X, Instagram. Ready for this? TikTok now. I just set us up with a TikTok account the other day. Oh, I saw that. I thought we got hacked. Yeah, I wish. No, nope, that was just <laughs> me being freaking, uh, you know, like, yeah, you get on TikTok. No, right. uh, yeah, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. Definitely be sure to follow us on TikTok so I can you can watch me do some horror dances. Okay, no, I'm not doing any of that. Oh, our follower account just went up. Good, good. Everyone's like, Steve gets the dance? Sweet. Now, we'll be posting clips and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure. Of course, be sure to tell your friends. We're also a part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They're an awesome podcast network, ranging from wrestling to heavy metal to horror, all sorts of good stuff. Definitely check it out. Give all the other podcasts a listen. Visit 30screamsorless.com for all previous episodes and transcripts to go with those episodes. And if there's anything you want us to review, send us an email to 30screamsorless at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Use that hashtag 30screamsorless. And of course... Be sure to buy our merch. We got shirts, hoodies, mugs, pint glasses, coasters, stickers, all sorts of stuff. So visit our store, buy some merch. It helps us out like you wouldn't believe. We put that really towards hosting costs for this podcast. So anything you could do to just buy some merch and help us out, that would be great. All right, everyone. With that said, I'm Steve. I'm Corey. And thanks for listening to 30 Screams or Less in our special on the Fear Street series. And of course, don't forget to drink your beans. And Emily Rudd, stop ignoring me and respond to my marriage request. So I'm at CVS and I was just like, you know, I'm going to get a water. I get in there. I drop my debit card and I went to bend down. And all of a sudden I feel a sharp pain run all the way up my spine. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you like you got stuck there or something. I almost did. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> that oh, was, man. I was a little worried. Like, okay, I was just like, I actually like the knees buckled the back, like this pain, pure pain. <laughs> You and then you, were, you thought you were going to die in that position. Yeah, I thought I was going to be like, OK, I guess I'm going to die in the kneeling position. Getting old sucks.